You're thousands of feet in the air, piercing through the fluffy white horizon, flying in first class, en route to a business meeting in Tokyo, Japan. You're dreading what lies ahead of you when you land, and you're exhausted after spending the whole of the last night before apologizing to your son for missing his major league baseball game. You know you work too much, and the Christmas season is the hardest time to be away from your family, but that kid doesn't realize how hard you need to work to keep food on the table and a roof over his head. You sigh to yourself. You can't even convince yourself of that. The truth is, you want to be out of the house because your marriage isn't what it used to be, and sleeping in business class on Delta Airlines beats the hell out of sleeping on the couch. How did you let this happen, you ask yourself? How can you let your family down like this? Where has the joy in the holiday season gone? What's the deal with airline food? Part 1. Being Santa Do you ever get this random impulse late at night to turn your life around and become the best version of yourself you can be? This feeling is invaluable and frankly crucial for personal developments and succeeding in life's endeavours. However, sometimes it can fill you with an inflated sense of self-assurance and make you commit to something you typically wouldn't even do with a gun barrel pressed against your forehead. One night, many years ago, After eating the majority of a loaf of barnbrack with lashings of flora, I went to bed with the desire to do something important. My life was going to mean something. I had to make a change in my local community and in the lives of others in order to create a positive snowball effect, paying it forward in a huge cultural moment. All of a sudden, I remembered something my dad said at dinner. The man who usually plays Santa in my church's Christmas service every year wasn't able to perform, leaving the spot empty with potentially dozens of whippersnappers disappointed beyond belief. The job was so simple. To let a bunch of kids sit on your knee, give them a selection box, and let them believe in something magical before the world turned them into zombies with PPS numbers, revenue accounts, and fridges full of meal prep. In that moment, with my head spinning with potential, I made my mind up. I was going to be Santa. I was 16 years old at the time. My voice was as deep as Ariana's whistle-tone vocals on No Tears Left to Cry. I looked boyish in the most girlish way. No one could ever mistake me for an old man. However, I was fat. I had straight-up breasts and a galaxy gut. I had thunder thighs, love and hate handles, as well as a concave bum, unfortunately, just to make things worse. I wasn't able to celebrate my thickness as that movement wasn't really a thing yet, so instead, especially considering I had given up on ever being desirable to anyone, I thought, I'll just be Santa. I felt this would be enough to go on, as it was St. Nick's most pervasive trait, and as all of you know, I love mince pies more than some members of my immediate family. Before I knew it, I approached the team planning the event and asked if they needed a Santa. I know I tell a lot of tall tales in this pod, but guys, this is completely true. They were so desperate. They let me be Santa and before I knew it, I was wearing a scratchy Eurogiant beard and a hot thick red suit with fake spectacles and a hat pulled down to my ears. Just so you know, I'll give you a brief window into what my Santa voice was like. 
Hey guys, I'm Santa. I didn't even do a bloody voice, I just talked like me. I was completely committed to wearing a Santa costume and humiliating myself in front of a church hall room full of potential wives, but somehow I thought that doing an accent was too embarrassing. Guys, a bit of advice here. If you're doing something cringe, fully commit to it or don't do it at all. If you're doing karaoke, give it everything or nothing. Don't sing falling slowly while trying to look like you don't care when you obviously do. Try hard or drop the mic. To get back on track, the hardest part of being Santa was watching kids who genuinely believed in him completely lose their faith as they saw how unconvincing I was. They would approach me with the biggest smiles. But as they got closer with every step, they began to realize that who they trusted was the real Santa Claus was just the older kid from church who brings his coffee and biscuits into the bathroom out of social inadequacy and covers his acne with his sister's much lighter toned concealer. This is how one of the situations panned out when I was approached by a six-year-old German boy called Otto. He was the first kid to walk up to me as I sat in my full Santa gear next to Kevin, the church's drummer a man in his 30s, who was playing my elf. Go on now, get up there to Santi. Uh, there we go. Hello Santa, I have been unt very good boy this year. That's great Otto, what can I get you for Christmas? Um, forgive me for my insolence, Father Christmas, but you remind me of an older boy in our church who always smells like hot dog water. You look like him as well. I don't know what you're talking about, uh, but all I want to know is, Are you going to leave some cookies out for me this Christmas Eve, or- Now I can see past your lies, Herr Santa. You are a fraud and a swindler. You are trying to deceive children. It is absolute duplicity, and I will not allow it for mine fellow kinder. Don't rat me out, you little sauerkraut schnitzel head. You'll ruin the joy of Santa for all these kids. Oh, but Daniel, how can I ruin what has already been spoiled? You cannot kill something that has no life in it. It would be like stepping on a crab shell in the sand, destroying an empty husk of something that once contained life long ago. Okay, kid. Elf, can you help me out? Don't call me that! I'm not your elf! Sorry, sorry, Kevin. Mom, why did Santa call that elf Kevin? Children, please lend me your listening ears. This man, like the Pharisees at the time of Christ, has turned this holy place of worship into a den of deceiving and subterfuge. He is manipulating the gospel of Saint Nicholas and he is lying to our very faces. Has he no shame? Let us go from here and enjoy some goods and cattle puffer and some freshly baked brat kaffelteffen. Before long, Otto had started a devout youthful revolution of the cloth, inspiring his similarly aged peers to wage war against the falsehood perpetuated by my misguided act of kindness. Soon they all started acting up. You're a liar. You're lying to me. Was it not you that said you would bring presents to all the children? I want to ask you, how do you sleep at night? So you're telling me my dad just took a bite out of the carrot himself to make it look like Rudolph ate it? Some kids desperately tried to hold on to the idea that I was still Santa, but I could see that the doubt in them had already begun to metastasize. I was a weapon of mass destruction, with my crosshairs pointed squarely at the joy in the hearts of the innocent. That night, as I lay in bed, Listening to the echo of regret that rang out after the reality of the day, I decided that once again, I would never try to do anything nice or good ever again. I would settle into becoming a twisted and evil brute. I would spend my days in a bell tower, devouring whole pigeons that perched atop the gargoyles, while warding off intruders with threats of violence. Suddenly, 
A late night text interrupted my train of thought. I brought my phone to my eyes as they adjusted to the light of the screen. It was a Facebook message that said, Good on you for being Santa today, Daniel. The kids loved it, and you were a dead ringer for the man himself. Love to the family, and have a Merry Christmas. Lisa. Suddenly my mood completely shifted. I jumped out of bed and cried out to the poor orphan boy outside my home. Good boy, I cried. What day is it? Why, it's Christmas Day, sir. December 25th. It's not too late. I still have time. My boy, go and fetch the biggest goose you can carry from the butcher's shop around the corner. You mean the goose as big as me, sir? Oh, yes, my dear boy. Oh, what a day to be alive. I am light as a feather. I am happy as an angel. I am as merry as a schoolboy, and from this day I will honor Christmas in my heart. And Daniel was better than his word. He did it all, and became as good a friend, as good a master, and as good a man as the good old city ever knew. Part 2. Writing a Christmas Hit Song From my earliest memories of Christmas, the festive season is inextricably linked to a handful of classic songs, deeply nostalgic music from such folks as George Michael, Boney M, Nat King Cole, and Paul McCartney. These warm and delightful songs were sweet but never saccharine, catchy as heck, and soothing in the way that only a Christmas pop song is, the kind of sound that can lull you into a sense of harmonious tranquility as you pour a gravy boat full of custard down your neck and fart into your nanny's sofa cushions, watching how the Grinch stole Christmas on RTE5. Bosh. I have felt that recently though there hasn't been a good original Christmas song in the mainstream. I mean, look, I know all about the achingly beautiful Sufjan Stevens Christmas stuff and all those charity albums of great artists doing covers of hymns. I'm into all that, but we haven't had a new global Christmas hit in decades, it seems. This lack of selection may not be a problem for most, but if you work in retail, it can be dehumanizing listening to All I Want for Christmas by Mariah Carey 30 times in a row while trying to deal with adults that for some reason lose the ability to think independently after crossing the entrance into pennies. This problem became very clear to me after speaking to my dear friend from college, Deirdre Znutz, I just call her D for short, who was working in the Blanchardstown pennies for Christmas last year. After spending only four hours there on her first shift, she became manic and radicalised, an attempt to set the shop on fire after disarming all the smoke alarms. I visited her in Mountjoy Prison after she had committed this heinous act, but instead I found a shell of my former friend. Hey, Deirdre, D, it's Daniel, remember, from college? We did that project on how intersectionality is represented in cans of alphabet spaghetti. I don't want a lot for Christmas. There is just one thing I need. I don't care about the presents underneath the Christmas tree. Oh, are, are you okay? Make my wish come true. All I want for Christmas is you. <laughs> Stop it, Dee. You're scaring me. Guard, guard. Are these on sale? Are these on sale? Are these half off? Are these half off? Do you have this in pink? <laughs> do, 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 you, do you have this in pink? Oh my god, working in pennies during Christmas broke you. Try to remember who you are, Dee. Please, try to remember. Where are the changing rooms? Where are the changing rooms? 
Sorry, my baby just shot himself in the changing rooms. I spilled my coffee in, in the changing rooms. Guard, get in here! I had lost my friend, and after consoling every member of the Znuts family, I realized I had to work on writing a new Christmas song to add some variety to the hellish soundtrack played in shopping centers all around the country in the winter months. I would never let something like this happen again. And so, I started working right away. These are the songs that I came up with. The first song is a throwback to the 80s heartbreak Christmas anthems like Last Christmas by Wham, for example. I wanted to make a poignant and catchy song about the experience of falling in love around the holiday season. So here it is. Day was the first of December. Two turtle doves in love, what a night to remember. Your hand was close to mine and it was such a thrill. But it started getting colder and I felt a chill. A winter wind like no other, it was distractingly cold. I didn't have a jacket and so the story unfolds. I said, Give me a coat, cause I said so. I don't care if you're cold too Give me a coat cause I said so Chivalry's been dead since 1942 I don't care that you're the girl and I'm the man I won't be long getting frostbit, don't you understand? If you can't listen to reason, you can get the boat Gender roles are stupid, so just give me a coat, give me a coat Naturally have more body heat than me Now what do you mean you're calling a taxi? Well, give me a coat then, cause you're gonna be in the taxi You're not gonna need your coat in the taxi, Einstein Cars have heating now Wait, do I have to explain what a car is? I really like that one I think that song has potential to be the new baby it's cold outside But I get it if it's not your cup of tea I have a few other songs here that might be all of which are new festive spins on some absolute classics. The next Christmas song is one I did with the members of popular emo band Gaslight Me. We tried to make a pop-punk Christmas banger that encapsulates what it means to just not give a frick. It came out pretty badass, so sorry if you can't handle our raw energy. It may make you spit out your eggnog, old man. Anyway, here it is. Another year of living without you. Guess you can say I'm home alone You can't begin to understand how it feels On Christmas Eve to be in the friend zone
Now, for more of a spin on some modern songs, I wanted to write a cool and relevant pop song that liberated kids these days can see themselves in, but that still maintained that Christmas spirit. You know, like I was trying to write something that says, Santa is pan now, go cry about it. I tried a few versions of Troy Sivan's music with a slight Santa edge. What do you guys think? I'm in a rush to fill your place with stuff. I'm in a rush to fill your place with stuff. Now that Christmas started, I want to fill up your stockings. A Terry's chocolate orange in your sock. Oh baby, baby. So are they any good? If not, I could do another Christmas version of that um, Megan the Stallion song. Christmas time is such fun. These mince pies are so yum. Little drummer boy with his drum tells me the joy has begun. Some folks call me Santa, bringing toys from Greece to Ghana. My elves chipped in for a gift and they got me matching pajamas. And now, my final song is one about when you're the only one in the friend group that can't drive, so you have to get the bus to the Friendsgiving Chris Kindle party. Dublin bus Watching propaganda on their phones Lifeless frowns On everybody's face And people who refuse to blow their nose Everybody knows I farted and it made a sound to leave this mortal coil Help me God To pass my driving test Or let me lay beneath the soil I spilled some Fanta All over my lap and the guy sitting next to me just took a crap And now I'm trying to breathe through gritted teeth I simply hate it here, I want to leave And so I'm offering this simple phrase to passengers on the 42 Although it's been said Many times, many ways You're all dickheads I hate you So, in conclusion, happy birthday, Jesus. Rest in peace, Shane McGowan. And to my valued listeners, this year, I hope to find your ears under the mistletoe and give your lobes a little kiss.